0: Man, mean, I know I'm going to get got, but I'm going to get mine more than I get got, done. Great
1: cash, homie. just about that
2: action, This is Ball Control.
3: What's going on? Welcome back into the Ball Control Podcast. My name is Josh Dennett with you on this May 21st, 2020 edition. Appreciate everybody listening in on the various platforms out there. Be sure to throw us a follow on Twitter, at Net. Uh, we'd love to talk football, love everything about it. Trying to spread the word on our material, so uh, just keep retweeting everything we got. Uh, joining me once again, first off, Ball Control Fantasy Enthusiast, a man willing to make a wager about just about everything, Mr. Jake Welker.
2: What's up, boys? I was just uh, commenting on a couple uh, Twitter feeds this morning trying to get some action, but they were too scurred.
3: No bait. No bait, dog. If you want to get in on those takes as well, just a side note, at um, jwelks11, that is Jake's Twitter handle. Uh, he's popping out some good content there. Next up, at Coach N Biggs on Twitter, Mr. Nate Biggs. A uh, For all your prospective QBs and DBs out there, he's a great resource, part of our college football NFL Draft Analyst Team. How you doing, sir? I am well. How's everybody here? Doing fantastic. Gucci. Straight Gucci. And uh, rounding out the table, uh, King of the Trenches. Great research. Re- research, Cut that off. Resource? Uh, Nailed it. All you, all you inspiring big nasties out there, O-line, D-line. Uh, at Coach J Matt on Twitter, Jason Madsen. Hello.
0: What's up fellas? I, I actually learned something today while I was doing while I was researching uh, some AAC prospect for next year. Did you know that Tulane has receivers named Deuce and Fat Watts? They are brothers. Uh that, that was kind of intriguing in my research today. So hold
2: on. How do you spell fat?
0: It's PHAT. It.
2: <laughs> I know all about the PH fat.
3: Uh, so today's agenda, boys uh, Part 4 of 4 In the uh, post-draft divisional breakdowns, As it pertains to the draft and the offseason in general Today we're going to go through AFC, NFC South Round it up Starting with the AFC Houston Texans won this division 4 out of 5 years Yet it, uh, we seem to not get an answer For who's going to represent them in the playoffs Until week 17 Each and every year um, Obviously the 7th playoff spot could shake that up but we'll hit the ground running with the Colts. Man, tough and weird offseason for the Colts last year. Andrew Luck retires two weeks before, I think, the 2019 season starts. They roll out Jacoby Percet, who got off to a pretty decent start, um, but passed forward through some injuries, lack of a effective play. They finished at 7-9. and nine. They return a good offensive line, but definitely need to uh, add some firepower on offense and sure up some things on D-line and the secondary as well.
2: Yeah, so obviously their biggest key acquisition uh, in the offseason was Phillip Rivers. I'm not sure how much I would call him key. He has the arm of a pool noodle, one of my favorite references. But he's probably an improvement over Jacoby Brissett. They also signed Xavier Rhodes, CB, who is washed up from Minnesota and also got DeForest Buckner. They traded their first-round pick to the 49ers. Uh, Only key, well, not even kind of key player they lost was Eric Ebron. So he went over to Pittsburgh. But, yeah, not a ton of off-season action except for the big trade for DeForest Buckner and obviously the acquisition of Octodad, Phillip Rivers. (laughs) Octodad. That's that's selling him short.
3: He has 10 kids. Uh, but draft wise, um, obviously,
2: his mean, is still in pretty good shape. <laughs> Touche. Hey, man, they, they might not all be his. We really don't know. Wow. I don't <laughs> even know what to say. He doesn't seem like that type of feller.
0: He Spare. does throw a lot of picks. I don't know.
1: <laughs> all right. So you're saying his Spare. wife got intercepted?
3: Oh,
0: God. Oh, yeah. probably, probably an arrowhead.
1: Was it a guy
3: named Dirty Dan? Holy shit, it's like a Domino's. Um, So, draft-wise, obviously you touched on they didn't have a first-round pick. Traded at Sam Fran, got DeForest Buckner, and extended him, shoring up the interior. Second round, they drafted Michael Pittman Jr., receiver from USC. And uh, they traded actually in front of the Jags in the second round as well to get running back Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. Third round, kind of a hybrid DB, Julian Blackman. Fourth round, former Washington and Georgia quarterback, Jacob Eason. Fifth round, guard Danny Pinter. Pinter, Jason, will have to correct me on that. I think it's Pinter. No idea. Good deal. <laughs> uh, and then uh, they rounded out with four sixth round picks, defensive lineman Robert Windsor, C.B. Isaiah Rogers, wide receiver Desmond Patman from Washington State, and linebacker Jordan Glasgow. So roster wise, they checked a lot of boxes. Um, but Nate, how did uh, our old boy Chris Ballard do in the off season?
1: I think they've had a solid off season. My favorite draft pick for him is the Michael Pittman Jr. pick. I was really high on him, first round grade on him, and that guy just kind of complements what they do or what Phillip Rivers does. So you think of like Mike Williams in LA, somebody could throw the ball up to that goes that goes and gets it, really good in the back shoulder. And he'll go find extra yards that uh, Phillip Rivers can't throw that far. So he can take an eight-yard catch, turn it into 12 consistently, and he'll go win that jump ball. And it's kind of the same with Desmond Patman. Uh, he's more of a vertical stretcher, even though he's tall and big. But if Phillip Rivers can get the ball out of his hands quickly and hit him down the seam or down the sideline going vertical, but he'll go up and fight for it. So I thought those two guys were really good fits. And then Jonathan Taylor, you put him in a backfield that's semi-crowded. I'm not sure you guys talk, you guys touch on Jonathan Taylor with Marlon Mack and fantasy and all that kind of stuff. Uh, check him out on our fantasy pods. But then uh, with Naheem Hines, that's interesting backfield, lots of toys that they can play with. So that's where I'm at with their draft. I like it. I think they, they got better, which is what you always want to do. But really good fits were the Michael Pittman Jr. and the Desmond Patman.
0: Yeah, man, I'll, I'll agree with it. I, I think the, uh, the Jonathan Taylor, yeah, people want to talk about, he fumbled it a lot in college, uh, high usage. He, he carried it over 300 times every year uh, at, at Wisconsin – that's a dude that he's going to hit that hole, and there are going to be some massive holes behind that offensive line, mm. and he has an opportunity to take some to the house. Uh, he's he's a overall better running back than what they have right now, so that was a huge upgrade for him. Again, you know, that was a pretty high pick. I, I can't say much because the Chiefs took Edwards Hilaire in the first round, but uh, right after that, you know, you go with Jonathan Taylor who who does fill a need, and then the two DBs that they took in uh, Blackman, who's recovering from a torn ACL back in December. He fits what, what they're trying to do. He's a ball hawk. He, he had nine picks in his college career. A little bit on the smaller side, moving that safety role, but he does have that coverage ability, so he's, he's very versatile. And then the uh, the kid from UMass, I've watched a little bit of him, The uh, Isaiah Rogers. He's another guy that, that'll that go get it. He actually had uh, 11 picks in his career, and he housed three of them. He does have receiver capabilities, so he's a little light. I like those two guys a lot along with Jonathan Taylor. And obviously you already hit on Michael Pittman, who we all love. So I think this was a pretty solid draft for them.
2: Yeah, and the whole fantasy community is freaking stroking it at the Jonathan Taylor. I mean, legit just stroking it.
1: What is this proverbial it you are talking of?
2: It's Capital IT. Oh, okay.
1: I'll just leave it at that. Got
3: it. I think I, I gave a couple baby strokes for Pittman as well. <laughs> what do
2: you mean? Those were full on anaconda strokes. In my world they're baby, but move on. <laughs> uh okay, Colts, Colts. <laughs> playoff team. Yay or nay, boys. Yes. With
0: seven teams, yeah.
2: Yep. All <laughs> right. Hey, their over
0: under is nine. What are you taking? That's what I was gonna say. They're gonna win ten games this year.
1: I really want to say push, but that's I don't like that. I don't like living on the fence, Josh.
2: I'm gonna go over. Yeah, I'm over two. I think they'll probably be out at Houston.
3: Does does Jonathan Taylor have a 1000-yard rookie season rushing the ball? No. No. Ooh. I think he can.
1: I think he can. I think Marlon Mack still gets still gets used though. Oh yeah. Which makes yeah. that sense. No doubt. But
3: next up, Jacksonville Jaguars, um, a team that in 2017 was in the AFC Championship game. They were within a field goal of beating the Patriots and going to the Super Bowl. And since then, it's been a pretty solid downfall. Six and ten last year. Uh, they brought in Nick Foles, paid him a bunch of money, just for him to lay under Chris Jones as he was smashed. Basically, they traded him again. He really had no played no factor in Jacksonville. Jake will get into their trading frenzy on the other guys, but uh, seems to be a full-on on rebuild. They're one of the early favorites for the number one pick, uh, so it should be a long and Painful season for Jags fans,
1: I think.
2: Yeah, and you know, you guys know the reason why Jacksonville has been spiraling down since then. It's because they got rid of the uh, Blake godels Also, if you don't follow uh, Blake Bortles Facts on Twitter, it's a great follow. The additions Jacksonville had this year, uh, they got Joe Schobert, linebacker from the Browns. They got Roddy Gunner, who's a DT, and they got the uh, broken corpse of Tyler Eifert seems like they sign a new tight end every year. That's somewhat name notable, but never does anything. They traded Jalen Ramsey uh, to the Rams for two firsts. traded A.J. Bouye to the Denver Broncos for a fourth-round pick, which I kind of wish we could have traded for Bouye for a fourth-round pick. Uh, they tagged Yannick Nguakwe. Yannick Nguakwe, there we go, second time. Tagged him, and there's been a lot of Twitter drama with him. They also traded Nick Foles to the Bears, who's eventually going to take over that job.
3: Yeah, so uh, had two first-round picks in the draft. Ninth overall, take CB C.J. Henderson from Florida. Yep. And then at number 20, they get uh, edge guy Kalevon Chason from LSU. Could be their uh, segue once Yannick is set free. Uh, Second round, LaVisca Chenault from Colorado. They're going to use him pretty much all over the field, sounds like. Uh, third round defensive tackle Davon Hamilton to semi-addressed loss of Kalias Campbell. Fourth round, uh, their first pick was Ben Barch from St. John's. Uh, if you don't know what he's famous for, it's um, he, he moved from tight end to offensive line by drinking one of the most disgusting fucking smoothies I've ever uh, ever read about, so I'm going to list it off here. Uh, seven scrambled eggs, a tub of cottage cheese, an entire tub, grits peanut butter a banana um and a red gatorade which red is the fucking worst so i don't understand that
2: heard that but, uh,
3: that is the did that is see, dedication
1: did you see the sideline reporter that tried that
3: did they yak <laughs> no <laughs>
2: she was like it's not bad she said it's not bad
3: <laughs> um, oh okay yeah it's not bad no it's, it's bad it's really bad actually
2: that's by not- the way that should be that should be one of our fantasy punishments Absolutely, I'm our dynasty league this year. Loser, drinks, Loser drinks. the barch team shake. Oh. At le- That's like part of the gift basket of losing. That can't be the entire gift basket.
0: Do you have to finish the whole blender, or? Yeah, absolutely. Oh yes, the
2: entire Holy blender. Shit.
3: It's gonna be the Barch Barf Olympics. But <laughs> um, anyway, back to it. They had two other picks in the fourth round. Um, CB. Josiah Scott. Michigan State a guy Jason had touched on there and linebacker Shaq Quarterman fifth round wide receiver Colin Johnson from Texas sixth round quarterback Jake Luton Oregon State and then tight end Taylor Taylor Taylor, Tyler Davis and then they rounded out seventh round with CB Chris Claybrooks so uh, tank for Trevor is underway unless Gardner Minshew goes full pendulum swing and takes him to the playoffs or something but, uh, Jason, your thoughts on the Jacksonville Jaguars?
0: Well, whether it's whether it, he does take him to the playoffs or not, this this uh, tank for Trevor thing, uh, they set up some pieces around him, man. I, I do like the first-round pick. Um, CJ Henderson, I mean, he kind of speaks for himself, so we don't need to touch too much on him. on Chason, he is the Yannick replacement. I think he's a little more athletic, can do a little bit more in space, whereas Yannick's more of a power rusher. Um, just to watch that guy on twists and when he's coming off the edge, uh, there's, there's some freakiness to him. And I think Jax fans are really going to like him. And he does struggle with, uh, with long arms, uh, whenever, uh, offensive lineman gets, gets their hands on him and extends. So he needs to work on that, but that's, that's something that you can coach up in the NFL. Now, a lot of, a lot of us in this uh, podcast don't like LaVisca Chenault. I do. I think that, uh, there's so many ways you can use him. He's he's just he just needs to stay on the field. He stays on the field. He stays healthy. He's gonna he's gonna make some plays. Uh, wildcat, running back, receiver, tight end, wherever the hell they want to use him. Just get the ball in his hands in some space, and and he's dynamic. Uh, I like Davon Hamilton. I think he's a little bit a uh, little bit of a sneaky athletic, sneaky pass rush collapse the pocket kind of guy. Eats double teams, so those linebackers are gonna love him. Uh, you already touched on Barch. I so just – I don't know the history of uh, D3 of- offensive linemen in the NFL, if there is any, and, and what that success rate is. So that, that kind of worries me, especially with the fact that he can't keep on weight. Um, Josiah Scott, yeah, that was one of my sleepers. Dude's a – he's a feisty little slot corner. He's, he's going to pick that ball off. He's going to fight for it. He's just not going to tackle anybody after the catch. So make sure that uh, – he, he uh, does what he does best, which is break up the passes and, uh, and pick the balls off. And then uh, last guy I'm going to go over is Shaq Quarterman. I think if, if they change the overtime rules to where it's like an Oklahoma drill, this guy wouldn't lose a game for him because he is a tackling machine. He just uh, doesn't do anything else for him. So probably a, a backup depth guy that, that can play some special teams for him. But pretty good draft, I think. And uh, tank for Trevor is, is in full effect.
1: Yeah, Jason, I think uh, you kind of hit it with C.J. Henderson. Uh, they got probably the best value I saw in their draft was with there. That's because I had him and Okuda so close together. Um, and Caleb on chase on, you said it. Uh, Chenault, that's where we're going to disagree. I thought the value wasn't great. I feel like you could have got better wide receivers, just strict wide receivers. But you bring up using him in the wildcat, and I understand that point. He's great after the catch. Dude can't stay healthy. Another value guy I love, Devon Hamilton. You touched on him, but that's one of my guys. Will shut down gaps and is, like you said, sneaky athletic. He can he can do a little bit more in the pass rush game than what he really got credit for. He collapsed a lot of pockets at Ohio State. And I'll kind of fast forward. You went over a lot of those other guys. Uh, Jake Luton, I think that's a guy that could come in. And if Minshew hits the fan, he's going to be a more calming, less mustache presence. Um Less the dick swagger presence. That's what we use at ball control. Uh Gardner Minshew, but he does a lot of things well. Um has a strong enough arm. Favored Isaiah Hodgins a ton, but uh you're at Oregon State, you're not winning that many games. Why wouldn't you favor uh one of the best wide receivers in college football? So I don't really knock him there out would out of thrown it to him fucking forty times a game. So uh, I think they had a really good draft.
2: Yeah, I hope the Jags get. It. Trevor Lawrence. I just drafted Chenault in my most recent Dynasty draft, and that's why I drafted him because they have a great chance of winning the Trevor Lawrence lottery. The Jags are at five wins. What are you guys taking? You taking the under or the over on that? Uh, under. If they're going to get
1: Trevor Lawrence. They got to go under five wins.
2: Yeah, under three and thirteen.
0: I'm under as well.
2: somewhere in that range. You don't believe in Minshew Madness, Minshew Mania, Min-Jesus? I believe in a great
3: mustache. I believe in a great pair of jorts. Um, I do not believe in Gardner Minshew, though.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm taking the other two.
3: Third team, Tennessee Titans. So Mike Rabel's team, uh, pretty damn good run last year. Made it all the way to this AFC title game before they fell to the Chiefs. Tannehill came out of nowhere to... Get a contract extension. Had a pretty good year. Derrick Henry, as of week 10, ran wild on everyone. They knocked Tom Brady out in his last game as a Patriot. They knocked the MVP, Lamar Jackson, out in the divisional round. So, yeah, definitely a hell of a run. Old school football, defense, run the ball. Um, Henry's back. Tannehill's back. It's it's hard to place a safe bet on them repeating anything even close to that, but because they have a lot of sure ends to uh, tie up on defense as well. So,
2: Yeah, in the offseason, they signed Vic Beasley from the Falcons. That was really their only key acquisition. They lost Jack Conklin, who, of course, went to the Browns and signed a pretty big contract. And also, the Raiders signed Marcus Mariota. Draft-wise,
3: a lot of of people thought they would consider a quarterback in the draft a little bit earlier. Uh, First round, offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson from Georgia should step into Conklin's role there. Second round, CB Christian Fulton who fell quite a bit in a lot of our eyes. Third round, running back Darrington Evans from Appy State. Fifth round, defensive tackle Laryl Murchison, NC State. Uh, Seventh round, quarterback Colt Brennan. Oh, shit. Uh, Cole McDonald from Hawaii. And uh, safety Chris Jackson. So uh, on paper, not a ton of the roster has changed. Shared up a few pieces, but with that defense and running the crap out of Henry, Nate, your expectations?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is they lost to Casey. Uh, I think he was a valuable piece to that defense, and I don't really think they got that back. I thought Draft-wise, I thought they had a lot of reaches um, and then one really great pick. So reach, first round, Isaiah Wilson. I just thought offensive line coming off the board, it felt like they went up and they wanted someone that could push the run game, and they went and got one of the better run blockers in the draft. And then the other one was Darrington Evans. I like Darrington Evans. I liked him in the fifth round. Okay, He's too straight line. There's not great vision there. You take him fifth, sixth, seventh. I'm cool with it. He's got some home run speed when he was at App State. But just too straight line of a player. The corners they took, however, they got Christian Fulton at a great spot. And I know we were kind of discussing it when we were all watching it, you know, the draft at my house. I couldn't figure out why Christian Fulton was falling down. And everything we could kind of find was people said he was a bad teammate. Well, okay. A lot of corners are bad teammates. And then Chris Jackson, he is a guy that fights at every at every spot on the field. Not great at the press, but at the at the uh high point of the ball and the catch point, he's gonna fight you for it. You've got to make that play over him. A little smaller, but I thought. But corner-wise, they did really well and then reached pretty much the rest of the draft. Cole McDonald, I'm not a big fan. He's got all the dick swagger, but I just like saying the word dick swagger, by the way. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts on their
0: draft? You, you nailed it, Nate. Um, I thought Isaiah Wilson was a reach. I know he, he started to generate a lot of buzz that week or two before the draft. I just didn't see it at that spot. But he fits what they do. They're going to run the football, and he, like you said, he's probably the best, if not one of the best, run-blocking offensive tackles in this draft. Uh, Fulton falling to them was a steal in round two. I'm going to differ with you, though. I, I like the Darrington Evans pick with them just because it, it gives them that change of pace guy. It made me think of that scene from the rundown with Sean William Scott and Scott and The Rock, where uh, Sean William Scott's like, a little bit of thunder, a little bit of lightning, so, <laughs> Sean
1: uh, Williams Scott moved laterally better in that move than Darrington Evanson does on a football field. See,
0: I, I disagree with that too. I think he's got a little wiggle to him, a little that juice that you need, man. I, I, I like that pick for them. So, we'll we'll see where that comes out. We we disagree on quite a few things, so that's always fun. But the rest of it, yeah, that replacing uh, Casey with Murchison, we'll see. But, but overall, um. Uh, wasn't too impressed with this draft.
2: Well, Vegas definitely isn't fooled by Tennessee season last year. They have an eight and five or eight and a half wins. Uh, I'm taking the under. And I don't think they're a playoff team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm
1: going to take the under. I don't think you can just ride Derrick Henry again in that defense. I think they'll remain competitive, but they're going to lose some close ball games. I'll take the under eight and eight. With the Colts
0: getting better, the, Texans getting worse, and the Jaguars probably getting worse. I'm going to take the over.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm actually, I'm actually on the over slightly as well. It'll probably be barely, They're probably at nine and seven. But uh, either way, I think they sneak in um, either the sixth or seventh playoff slot. Fourth final team in the AFC South, Houston Texans. Um, another Bill O'Brien-esque season, and beginning to the offseason, they did go ten and six, won the division. Uh, they were, you know, they were even had the Chiefs down 24-0 before they pissed off Patrick Mahomes and he went nuts. That would have been uh, really awesome to see in person. Watson took a lot of hits last year, um, and as, as talented as he is, he's going to need some help. Both, for, <laughs> I'll let Jake talk about their their trade, most famous trade, but he's going to need protection and uh, some help around him to get a deep playoff run, more than just you know, scratching by the division and getting to the div- divisional round.
2: Excuse me. So it's gonna be tough. I mean, what would you rather have an $11 million, David Johnson or a Deandre Hopkins? Well, think about it long and hard. Mm. Okay. So, <laughs> so they acquired David Johnson and if they traded Hopkins in a fourth. I think they got a second back with it too, but Probably the worst fucking trade, I don't know, of the past couple of years at least. You look at what Minnesota got for Stefan Diggs, and it looks like Arizona got Hopkins on pennies. So they also acquired Brandon Cooks. They traded a second for him, who's one of my very favorite sleepers in fantasy this year. They also got Randall Cobb from the Cowboys. So it looks like they're trying to make up with DeAndre Hopkins with two small guys. Also signed Eric Murray, Eric Murray as a safety. They lost DJ Reader, who went and signed a big contract. And obviously have already touched on D-Hop.
3: Uh, yeah, not to, I mean, not to mention right before the year they lost Clowney. They had to trade him because they weren't going to pay him. Uh, and definitely missed his presence on D. Seattle's uh, not going to pay him either. Well, nobody might. We'll see. Uh, as far as the draft, they didn't have a first-round pick. Uh, they had shipped that for Larry Mutunsel from the Dolphins. Uh, and in turn let him negotiate his own huge contract without an agent. Only Bill O'Brien would be able to pull that off. Second round, they took defensive tackle Ross Blacklock, TCU. Third round, uh, one of Jason's guys he liked, edge guy Jonathan Greenard from Florida. Uh, Fourth round, they get uh, offensive tackle Charlie Heck, C.B. John Reed from Penn State, Fifth round, they get wide receiver Isaiah Coulter from Rhode Island. We said they needed, you know, Watson needed protection, so they get Charlie Heck, and that's it. And then on top of that, they only took one skill guy, so it's going to be interesting to see how Bill O'Brien pulls this uh, pulls this one out of his ass. Jason, your thoughts?
0: Well, I like their first pick uh, and their second pick, uh, Ross Blacklock. I think he's a he's. I don't know if he's elite now. But uh, he definitely has the opportunity to be. So in that defense, he's, he's going to fit in nicely. Kind of reminds me of, not body top wise but the way he plays. Kind of reminds me of Chris Jones. Just the way he applies pressure. He shoots gaps. Uh, needs to work on his hands a little bit. But um, he has that Chris Jones pass rushing ability that I, that I like about him. Um, then, yeah, Greener, like you said, is, is one of my favorites in this draft. He, uh athletic, bendy edge. He's another guy that's going to create pressure, which – as we watched during the the uh, Chiefs comeback, whatever you want to call it, that's what – they needed more pressure uh, on on Mahomes. Uh, you mentioned Charlie Heck. He, he's a Kansas City kid. Obviously, his dad's a coach for the offensive line coach for the Chiefs. He went to Rockhurst, which automatically is a downgrade in my book. But he's, he's not going to improve that offensive line at all. Uh, I think that was a way early pick. That was a reach in the fourth round. Uh, Charlie Heck – I had him as a seventh-round pick, even undrafted. So, good work there, Bill O'Brien. Uh, first two picks I liked. The rest of it, just, just kind of whatever for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of where I lit uh, lay. They got really good value in their first two picks. Uh, the rest of it, I would have preferred them later. They could have taken better players in those spots. So, I do like John Reed. I'm a fan. He's going to be a special teams ace, I think and when Penn State needed to play in the secondary he seemed to come up to it, come up with them. and then Isaiah Coulter uh deep wide receiver draft i think in a different draft he might have gone in earlier maybe uh different level of competition i guess we'll see but to kind of touch on the guys you left off those those two i actually i actually kind of I, I really like them as football players um see if Coulter could be physical enough in the NFL game and John Reed i think he comes in and he Excels on special teams probably still gets tackled on a fake punt when you're up 24 to what? 7. It was a 24 to 7 when they ran the four fake punt. I don't even remember what the score was at that point, but he he still probably gets tackled there. Just like just like Justin Reed. But yeah, the first two picks, I think I think they got a good value there. Ross Blacklock and Jonathan Greenard. Those uh those guys are are playmakers and they can stunt and they can move and They got some toys on the D-line to try to get after you. Uh, I just don't know how all this gels together. I don't understand it. and
0: Neither does uh, Bill (laughs) O'Brien.
1: It feels like he's playing chess with checkers pieces. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So... It feels like uh, he's playing
0: checkers to- with guess who pieces. Like with there you go.
1: <laughs> Even better. you chess
0: with Bill O'Brien, he's like, "Does your character have glasses?" Bill, we're
1: playing shit. <laughs> I know. What about white hair?
2: Uh you don't get it.
1: Hey, what about a hey, Nate?
2: Chin? Nate, do you know why you don't remember what was going on when the Chiefs were down twenty-four to seven, or what the score was? It's because Sean was puking straight into a water bottle. <laughs> He was not people <laughs> trying a water bottle. It was everywhere else, Jake.
1: It was a Budweiser. It was a Budweiser aluminum pint. Yeah, that dude did not drink in. water the whole
0: time we were there. What are you talking about? Like, yeah,
3: shame on him not drinking any water. <laughs> Josh, you just disappeared. Yeah. You didn't throw
2: up in your yeah, seat. Did it, did it was on level one at the bar somewhere.
0: <laughs> Shit, we got a call from Dennett that he was in Houston. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you were sitting right shot- next to me an hour ago. Don't sell like short.
3: He will make it to Houston if he
2: wants. Oh man! All right. Hashtag Red Stag. <laughs> so Texans are at eight and a half. What do you guys got? Still over, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I think it's I over. Think they're I still ten and six. They have the best quarterback in the division, guys. Uh, Bill O'Brien
2: can't f this up that much, right? Hold on! Didn't question so you're over on the titans over on indy and you're over on houston
1: the jags don't win a
2: game (laughs) i'm just saying
3: no i i mean like i said they're all probably going to be pushes but if i have to pick i'm not betting any of these but (laughs) if i have to pick them yes that's where i'm leaning i didn't know you could push eight and a half they're all going to win 16 games what's up
0: (laughs) um i'm going to take i'll take the under i think they go eight and eight they do have the best quarterback in this division, but not much else around him. So I'm, I'm going to go. With the
1: Randall under. Cobb. Randall Cobb. I'm $9 million. Sure. Up. Get,
0: give me the under. <laughs> give me the under.
3: I got one for you, real quick, before we move on. Um, kind of a fantasy prop. So, David Johnson's, I took out the year that he got hurt in the first game, um, and this is where his average is the other three years. Does he hit 775 rushing yards? No. Yes. Ooh. Hey, does J- David Johnson rush for 775 yards or no?
0: Yes, he does.
3: And we got two no's and two yeses. So, yeah, let's flip the conference. <clears throat> so, NFC South, starting with Carolina. Uh, tough year for the Panthers. Cam Newton didn't play the entire year. With uh, the shoulder injury, they fire Ron Rivera, who ends up with the Redskins. Uh, Finished the year 5-11. and 11. A bright spot in the year is Christian McCaffrey went nuts. Thousand-thousand, um, just beast-ass season. But to uh, bring in Matt Rule from Baylor, who's uh, clearly putting an emphasis on the defense because they are in full-on rebuild, especially uh,
2: competing in this division right now. The biggest story is they signed Teddy Bridgewater from the Saints. So be curious to see what he does in Carolina. I mean, it's definitely an upgrade over Kyle Allen and Cam Newton on IR. So it'll be interesting to see what they do out there with him. They also signed Robbie Anderson to bolster that wide receiver core. And they also signed Steven Weatherly, who's a defensive end. Uh, they lost a lot of, uh, I don't know if you call them major defensive pieces, but defensive pieces that good got good money at other places. Uh, James Bradbury, Mario Addison, Gerald McCoy, and Vernon Butler.
3: Like I was saying, on the defensive side in the draft, the Panthers are the first team in the modern era to actually use seven or more picks on one side of the ball. I didn't know that was a thing, but they did it. First round, defensive tackle Derek Brown from Auburn. Uh, second round, edge guy Yatir Grossmatos, or Matos, as Goodell liked to say. <laughs> they uh, That actually gives them – their D-line is, you know, Burns – Juan Short, Derek Brown, and Utirgos Matos. So that's pretty exciting to uh, to watch. Uh, third round, Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois cost me a lot of money. He's a safety. Fourth round, CB Troy Br- Troy Pride, excuse me, from Notre Dame. Fifth round, safety Kenny Robinson uh, was an XFL guy. That's actually that gives them two XFL guys with uh, hit me with the name on the quarterback. PJ Walker. PJ Walker. Thank you. Um, sixth round. Temple tough. There you go. Imagine that. And then, here, ironically, uh, sixth round defensive tackle Bravion Roy from Baylor. There you go, Matt Rule. And they ended the draft with seventh round. Uh, this is a mouthful. Stanley Thomas Oliver Jr. Fit that on a damn jersey. Uh, Nate, your thoughts on Matt Rule's first uh,
1: year in the regime? Well, he's definitely putting his stamp on it. Um, getting rid of a former MVP quarterback still quote unquote in the prime ages um, and flipping the page. That's definitely put a stamp on it. As far as the draft goes, I think they did fairly well. Uh, Derek Brown had some of the best film we've seen in college football this year, but I think all of us at ball control had Javon Kinlaw ranked higher. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Gross Mados, you got him at a good spot. Chin, great value with Jeremy Chin. I wouldn't have been mad if the Chiefs would have taken him to the back end. And then I'll touch on my secondary guys. I love what they did in the secondary. They went and got dudes. Like, Troy Pride is just a solid corner. Kind of like that Ike Taylor mold. He can play off man. He can run with you. Not super fast, but just a solid football player. Not going to shut down the field, come up and hit you, but – Kenny Robinson and Stanley Thomas Oliver Jr. Those guys intrigue me. That's, those are playmakers. You talk about you. You mentioned Kenny Robinson coming from uh, XFL when he was at West Virginia. He was all Big Twelve guy, okay. And then Stanley Thomas coming out of FIU. Some smaller schools, some different paths, whatever. I really like what they did with the secondary. They obviously have a a need there. You lose James Bradbury, and they attacked it. And having pass coverage is one of the most valuable things in football. So. If you draft more at that position, I'm not going to be upset at you. The one question I have is Derek Brown over Javon Kinlaw. Can Derek Brown, he had one of the worst three cones you'll ever see from a D lineman, and the guys that have scored at that three cone, that five, I think it was 5-1 or whatever it was, they don't translate. So can what he put on film last year in the SEC translate to the NFL? And I think that's the biggest question.
0: Agreed 100%. Kinlaw over Brown all day long. But you look at what Rule likes to do. You look at the linebackers he has behind him. If Derek Brown does what he does best, which is be a bully and clog up the middle, eat those double teams, then we might see the best season Shaq Thompson and Tahir Whitehead have ever seen sitting behind him. So if he could do that, maybe that's Rule's plan. Is that I'm just going to get the best interior defensive lineman at that spot that I can get in that role. So – I like that pick. I mean, obviously, it's a seventh overall pick, so you're you're probably gonna like it, unless it's Justin Herbert. But um, <laughs> Yatir Gross Matos, I think that that we underestimated him at ball control. I think that is a sneaky good pick for them. That any any of his flaws are coachable, and he's got the body, he's got the skills, he's got the talent. He's gotten by just on his pure athleticism and 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 brute. Uh, size and strength over his opponents in college. So, if he can get coached up and take to that coaching, this dude might be very special. He might be in that Julius Peppers mold. And then, yeah, one late guy that I really like is the uh, the Bravion Roy pick. He was he was one of my favorite, one of my sleepers, late round guys, and and it fits that that Matt Rule took him here. So another guy, same get off that Derek Brown has, just doesn't have the other tools.
2: Yeah, and let's be real, guys. The only thing prime about Cam Newton is his jersey number. Dude's washed.
0: That's a sensitive subject. Jake, if you were in front of me right now, I would throw you through my wall. You do not talk bad about Cam Newton. We
1: call call low 30-year-old quarterbacks that were former MVPs washed.
2: He is washed. You're washed. Will he ever win an MVP? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. How long ago did he win MVP, Nate? Was it 2015?
1: Yeah, easy. that
2: was five years ago.
1: Well, four seasons.
2: But, you know who's yeah who's arguing? okay. Why isn't he signed? If he's so good, why is he not on the team right now? He said he wasn't going to sign with somebody that took. I mean, that's a, I, I
1: assume it's his option, or it's the fact that there's a coronavirus and he can't get a medical clearance. I don't know. I can't speak to that.
2: Or the fact that people are only going to pay him about mm, max, maybe eight. A year and he's like, oh fuck that. I'm a former
1: MVP. Well oh, yeah, he's got he's got to take the best contract he can get. I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, we should demand thirty million dollars a year. Like, nah, man, you didn't produce last year. Okay. But to act like he has nothing left in the tank, that's I think that's a little that's a little blind on your part. I get your yeah, point. He's not, he's not that's washed. a little blind. He's he's better than he's better than dude, he's better than PJ Walker. He might not be better with Matt Rule's offense than PJ Walker, but no, he's still better than PJ Walker.
2: Like, is he better than is he better than Teddy Bridgewater right now? Yes, yes. If he's healthy, yes. That's not a question. Yeah, but if he's healthy, when's the last time he's been healthy?
0: Well, that's that's the thing, Jake. When's we don't the last know? time
2: he stopped running quarterback power? Stop running the dude into the
1: ground, and then maybe you have an option as a quarterback because he can't throw the football.
2: Mm. I, I'm out there. Carolina, 4.5. What do you guys got?
0: I'm going to take the over. I like Matt Rule. He's won everywhere he's ever been. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater's time to shine, man. I'm going to go over uh, in a surprising 7-9 and nine season.
3: Ooh, wow. Very nice. I will go over, but very slightly, which means
1: five. I'm hitting over as well. I think, I think they'll be competitive. I think they got improved improve the defense, and Teddy Bridgewater does enough. And like Jason said, Matt Rule turns him around quick.
2: He wins usually in his first year, so uh, I'll take the over. Yeah, I think they got a real chance to get five or six wins, so I'm on the over as well.
3: Atlanta they started the year one and seven, but finished at six and two down the stretch. So that is very likely the reason Dan Quinn is still the head coach, given another year. Uh, they have a lot of offensive talent coming back it's in skill positions. Matt Ryan is still Matt Ryan while we're on the subject of former MVP quarterbacks in their 30s. But, yeah, most likely, like I said, uh, it's all going to come down to their defense, who they can stop and the division they're in, plus uh, the other teams in the conference as well. Atlanta, in my opinion, has an uphill battle.
2: So Atlanta signed Dante Fowler. They uh, got the knee Todd Gurley. They also <laughs> traded a second for Hayden Hurst. Lost Austin Hooper, who signed a decent-sized contract with the Browns, which I still don't understand. Trufant, and they also lost Vic Beasley.
3: In the draft, uh, first round CB, A.J. Terrell. Um, I'll let the guys debate on where he was in the corner rankings, but he goes at 16. Second round, defensive lineman Marlon Davidson from Auburn. I think he's a stud. Third round, they got great value out of uh, pick for center Matt Hennessy. Fourth round, linebacker Michael Walker from Fresno State. And they also got Jalen Hawkins, safety. I definitely thought this was the running back from Louisville. Uh, but just kidding, he's still there. That's Javien Hawkins. This is Jalen. And then in the uh, seventh round, they took a punter. Jason, what, what do you think, man? Does Dan Quinn have a chance
0: to save his job? I think so. Um, you're playing the Saints. You're playing the Bucks with Tom Brady now and – they loaded up for him. Uh, so you you did the right thing and you drafted a a corner first round. AJ Terrell. I mean, he's got he's got big game experience. Uh, obviously, that national championship game wasn't his best showing, but you look at the big picture. You look at his total total college career. The dude was a stud. Uh, press corners. I mean, he's a big dude at six one, almost two hundred pounds. And then you you follow that up with Marlon Davidson, uh, another guy and. And I was looking over their depth chart and they've got Alan Bailey, uh, one of their defensive end positions. And that's a guy that is very similarly built and probably could have the same career path as far as Alan Bailey, Bailey did. Shorter, thicker guy, long arms, uh, can rush a pass or stop the run. So hopefully Marlon Davidson is, is hooked up with Alan Bailey already and, and uh, is, is, is in his ear about what he needs to do. Third round, they got Matt Hennessey. I'll let Nate touch on him. I know he liked Matt Hennessey a lot. And, and yeah, uh, Jalen Hawkins, dude is a hitter. A lot of interceptions. He also – I don't know if he led the NCAA in targeting penalties, but he was up there. So the dude will let you know that he's there. So pretty good draft, I think. And they, they fit some needs. And, and one thing about Hennessy that I want to touch on – Alex Mack's contract is up after this year. So, are we looking at the center of the future, or did they, did they draft that last year in the first round with uh, Chris Lindstrom? So, they got some interchangeable parts there, but they do need to find a replacement for Alex Mack.
1: I think Matt Hedges, he can play more than just center, but I love him at center. Uh, Chris Lindstrom, uh, we all bashed that pick last year. So, uh, that was way too high. So, we'll see. I think that's your center of the future. Very athletic. You can get out and go. Not the most powerful. Doesn't set the best anchors. But he does a lot of things really well as far as screen game, that kind of stuff. Uh, A.J. Terrell, if you go back to the national championship game the year before this last one, uh, he was really good. Had one of his best games of his career. Yeah, sometimes you get got. You, get, there's, you're, you play the toughest position in sports, in my opinion, playing corner. And um, the rest of the night, really, I really did like this draft, but you did draft a fucking punter. I don't let that go without saying it. Uh don't draft punters or kickers. Uh Marlon Davidson will be good. And the thing I really like, uh Michael Walker is a really good athlete out of Fresno State. I really like that as a linebacker pick. Kind of fits into that Deion Jones mold. Talk about a guy that can't stay healthy. Michael Walker can learn underneath him. Obviously he's not Deion Jones yet, but he can run and you get guys that can move. And they learn in that system. Dan Quinn seems to do pretty good things with uh, athletic linebackers. So I'm really – that's probably my most excited pick was Michael Walker in that defense, just scheme fit and everything. And then you bring up Jalen Hawkins' hitting ability. I'm going to bring up his stickiness. He excels in cover one, Robert. Underneath safety will come up and lick you. And if you put the ball in your arms and you don't catch it with your hands away from your body, he is going to dislodge it. Either by hit or he's going to rip it out. I really like him underneath. If you're going to ask him to play over the top, you're asking for the wrong thing. It's not going to work. But uh, those two guys in that fourth round, that's very interesting where they're
2: going to fit in and how they're going to play them. And I think Dan Quinn got some toys. Vegas has Atlanta at seven and a half. I'm taking the under. They're going to be in a tough division. they I feel like they're getting older on offense. I don't see them getting eight wins in this division. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think you got the Saints who – Saints and the Bucks.
1: Obviously Bucks are everybody's favorite flavor right now with what the moves they've made. But Saints and the Bucks, it's gonna to be tough to get to like that eight win mark. I'll I'll hit the under. I'll go under as well. You said seven and a half.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll take the under. I think they'll they're right at seven, six or seven wins. Uh probably just enough to man, I don't know, about him keeping his job, but I, I do think this team has capabilities of, of being a lot better than they are, but with this division having two potential juggernauts, it's going to be hard to, to scrounge out those wins.
3: Yeah, definitely under, like you said, Saints and Bucks playing both twice. I think they'll make they it easily split with Carolina. They got to play the Chiefs. They got to play the Packers, so I'm under. Here's one, though. What's the higher number? Gurley's total yards or Julio's receiving yards? Julio's receiving yards
0: easy. I'm going to go with Gurley. You said total yards? I'm Correct. going with Gurley, man. I'm going Gurley as well.
1: Good. You guys want some action? Told you he'd make a wager about anything. Yeah, I'm going to go with Julio. I don't trust Gurley's knees. 13. New Orleans
3: Saints, 13-3. Uh, Another great year for the breeze Peyton combo. Obviously, Teddy... Stepped in, went five and zero while Breeze's thumb was being reattached. They did, however, take another kick in the nuts from the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs. Came into the Superdome, beat them in the wild card round, uh, but they do return a lot of their roster, and uh, they should be in decent shape to gear up for maybe the last run or runs that Breeze has left in him.
2: Yeah, I definitely think this will be Breeze' last year. So they uh, signed Interest Pete. Well, re-signed him. Um, he he did hit the free agent market, but he ended up staying in New Orleans. Uh, they grabbed Malcolm Jenkins, who's a safety, and I think a pretty important signing. They signed Emmanuel Sanders. They haven't really had a real wide receiver, too, in probably four to five years. And I think that's going to help take some of the uh, load off Michael Thomas. They uh, lost Teddy Bridgewater, which he was just a backup, and they just signed, oh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, Taysom Hill. To a decent contract, and then they also lost Bond Bell. Draft wise,
3: they started out with five picks. They ultimately turned that turned into four. In the first round, they took center or interior O lineman Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. Uh, then proceeded to cut Pro Bowl guard Larry Warford, so could be tied there. Third round, they get uh, edge guy outside linebacker Zach Bond from Wisconsin, who definitely cost us all a lot of money. He dropped. Pretty far as in, uh, as far as our you know ball control total rankings. Also in the third, they, they traded back into it to get the Dayton tight end Adam Troutman, who could be a pretty perspe- you know, good weapon for the future. And then in the seventh round, quarterback Tommy Stevens, Mississippi State. Jason was telling us a story about a pretty interesting interaction between him and Sean Payton on draft day. Um, if he wants to elaborate, I'll let him do that. But uh, this one's for Nate. Do Breeze and the Saints have uh, another deep playoff run, and will they get past the Vikings finally?
1: Well, I've uh, predicted them to win the NFC for the last two years. I uh, had them in the NFC Championship game for the last three years, so I'm going to say yes. Um, I'm just going to keep rolling down that hill, I guess. But I, lo- I love the draft for the picks that they had. Uh, they went out, and I think they got uh, three guys that uh, definitely could start for this team. I think their first two picks, they are immediate plug-and-play. They are football players. Find a spot, put them on the field, let's go. Cesar Ruiz is going to start center guard. I don't care. Zach Bond, I don't know how he lasted till the third round. A football player. Uh, Jason's one of his favorites. And then the tight end out of Troutman, super athletic. Sean Payton's going to find a way to use him. And Jason, please elaborate on the Tommy Stevens story. All right. Yeah, I guess I'll start
0: there. So for those of you that haven't heard it, we're getting into, I think it's early in the seventh round and uh, Sean Payton reaches out to Tommy Stevens, basically like, Hey man, we're interested in you. We want you to be a saint. If you don't go, if you don't get drafted, we want you to sign here, whatever, whatever we need to do. Tommy Stevens like, Oh man, that's awesome. Thanks coach. But I've already committed to play for Joe Brady and the, and the Panthers. I made a commitment to them. And Peyton's like, shit, okay, well, how much are they paying you? Well, they're paying me this much. And Peyton says, okay, well, we'll we'll pay you $144,000. we will add 100000 to that. Steven still says, nah, I made a commitment, man. I, I can't do it. I'm sorry, coach. So... Peyton basically tells Stevens to hold tight and he calls up his GM because we're in quarantine and he says, Hey, I want to trade back into the seventh round and take this guy. So you need to do whatever you, whatever we can to, to make that happen. I think he pulled off a trade with the Texans, if I'm not mistaken. And they gave him a six-round pick in the 2021 draft and used that pick on Tommy Stevens, but before they made the pick Sean Payton sends Joe Brady a text I guess Joe Brady and, and Sean Payton have crossed paths he might have worked for him or they worked in the same area or something like that and Sean Payton basically says Brady hey uh, I heard you like this this uh Tommy Stevens cat plan to use him like we're using Taysom Hill and Brady's like yeah 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 he's like well no you're not because we signed we, we're drafting him and then they drafted him like two picks later so long story short that's the Tommy Stevens story. It's kind of a cool deal. Uh, will be a interesting little 30 for 30 short if they could make something like that. But, uh, back to the rest of the draft. I mean, I, I really don't know much else about Tommy Stevens except for that story. Um, and the fact that they're going to use him like the the bigger Lamar Jackson, as Jay Glazer called Taysom Hill, which didn't make sense to me. But, uh, Cesar Ruiz, you had Larry Warford. You have one or two years left of Drew Brees. Why the hell wouldn't you? keep Larry Warford there, keep that continuity on your offensive line versus bringing in a rook, and you're protecting your 41, 2, 3, however old Drew Brees is quarterback. Um, doesn't make sense. I mean, Ruiz is a great player, and he has a long future in the NFL, but if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, why bring in an offensive lineman on the interior when you already had one of the best? Uh, Zach Bond, I loved him. Kyle Van Noy clone. Dude can rush a passer. Stop the run. Stop. Uh, stop passes. I mean, dude can do it all. Uh, I don't know how he lasted that long. So, really like this draft for them, even if it is only three or four
2: players. All right, New Orleans at ten and a half. What do you guys got? Over
0: eleven and five. Over division winners. Yeah, I'm gonna go over. I think they're twelve and four.
2: I'm over too.
3: Does Mike Thomas get 121 catches this year? Yeah.
0: 49 last year. It's going to be tough with Emmanuel Sanders there.
1: Yeah, I say say no, even with COVID. uh, Emmanuel Sanders coming in, I think that adds too much value to the offense and it gets spread around. And I think Taysom Hill plays more this year, too. Gross. Fourth final team, NFC South.
3: The new look Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, this team went seven and nine last year. Uh, had a lot of roller coaster games, resulting in a roller coaster season. Jameis Winston, as we talked about earlier, thirty interceptions. Uh, but they had a defense that was pretty good. You know, um, minus my voice cracking. You know, they only allowed about seventy-three yards per game on the ground. Uh, really young team. Uh, so aside from you know old man Brady and now old man Gronk, it's not too crazy to see this team meet the expectations that they're they're having placed on them right now.
2: Yeah, obviously the big news, Tampa Bay became Tampa Bay, where Brady can literally do anything. Got Gronk packaged with him. They signed Ndamukong Su. Uh They did lose Hard Knocks favorite, Carl Nassib, and also Brashad Perryman, who went to the Jets. All right, before going
3: going through the first two picks, Jason and Nate are going to have to, you know, tuck it on up in the waistband. First round, they got offensive lineman Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. Should step right into uh, a starting role. And in the second round, they took safety Antoine Winfield, Jr. Uh, Pretty sure Nate had him as his number one safety. I know everyone had him pretty high. Third round, running back Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt. In the fifth round, they got wide receiver Tyler Johnson, also from Minnesota. Sixth round, uh, Khalil Davis out of Nebraska. Uh, he's actually from Blue Springs, so that's pretty cool. KC kid getting drafted. Um, automatically rooting for him, just not against the Chiefs. And in the seventh round, they rounded it out uh, Chappelle Russell and running back Raymond Calais from Louisiana Lafayette. So uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are definitely – they definitely have a new look. Jason, are they going to be uh, the darling that everyone expects him to be now?
0: Unfortunately, I think they are. I mean, you you had Tom Brady into that uh, Aryan scheme, and Arians has already said that, hey, Tom, you're going to have to learn my offense. I'm not changing this around. So I, Brady can do whatever the hell he wants to. He's he's Tom Brady. But to the draft, they got him – a security guard on the right side and Tristan Worse. Dude is the most complete offensive lineman in the draft. I just wish that he was a little nastier. He would finish blocks a little bit more. Uh, I think that's something that will come with time. But athleticism, pass pro, run blocking the whole nine yards, getting to the second level, the dude can do it. So Tom Brady, thanks you. Um, my other favorite pick in this, in this draft is Tyler Johnson. That is going to be Tom Brady's best friend. Uh, obviously, he's got Gronk, but the dude is a slot wide receiver, and that's what Tom Brady feeds off of. Uh, balls in the air, he's going to go get it. He's a nasty little guy, uh, just slot supreme. Uh, not not the fastest, not the quickest guy, but he gets open and he will get the ball if it's if it's there to get. So, with Worfs, with Johnson. They added a few pieces on defense I'll let Nate talk about, but I do like this draft, and I think the, the Bucks got better, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I'm, a, I'm with you on worse. Obviously, we we both had him really high up there. Uh, but my guy, uh, AWJ, it's uh, safety number one. One of the best just pure safeties in the league. He can play some free. Some people question his athleticism to play over the top in the NFL. Whatever. The dude did it really well at Minnesota in the Big Ten. And then he plays the slot extremely well. And that's almost becoming more valuable in today's NFL. Especially when the Saints add add pieces, you need that guy to come in. I kind of questioned Kashawn Vaughn that early. I like the fit. I think the fit's well. Um, really elusive. I mean, even he carried Illinois back in the day. So, like, elusive running back. Can run. Uh, not super fast. I just thought there was more skilled running backs in that time frame. Jason, you kind of ran with Tyler Johnson. So uh, I'll bump it to the next running back they took, Raymond Calais. I'm interested to see if he can actually outrun uh, NFL defenses and how athletic he really is. Obviously, Louisiana Lafayette, um, he he runs away from people. But catching out of the backfield, he does pretty well. And then you've got to give Kansas City some love to Davis separates from his brother for the first time but an absolute run stuffer plugs the hole and has a little bit of athleticism as far as when he was at Nebraska to to penetrate the gaps and actually get out of the pressure or close the pocket so I'm kind of curious how he, if he can get better in the pass rushing game I think he's a good enough athlete and he uses his hands well enough he could be a productive player I thought their draft was really uh, well done it fits where it fits their entire offseason. Uh, my question is, with everything going on, does this team get to meet together and can it gel? Obviously, Gronk, Gronk and Tom Brady already have their gel. I'm sure Tom and Bruce Arians have been talking since the beginning of last year. Well, It's
0: funny that you bring that up, man. There was uh, reports that Brady's already been out with uh, O.J. Howard and who's that, Cameron Brate?
1: Oh, yeah, they're all. And uh, he's he been out with that, rules.
0: that whole squad. So
1: Yeah, he doesn't follow yeah, there, the rules. Are, so yeah, I'm sure well. they'll be fine. I'm sure they'll be fine, but it's just it's it's kind of annoying. I'm done with Tom Brady, and I hope the Saints bury the Bucks.
2: Vegas has the Bucks at ten wins. I think I'm taking. Really, I want to take a push, but I'll, I'll take the over.
3: Nate told me I'm not allowed to sit on the fence, so <laughs> I, I will pick over.
1: Do we all want to push this? Yes. Uh yeah, I, I want to push, but yeah, I'll take. Uh, I'm going to actually. Yeah, I want to push this. I'm going to take the under. I just want to be different right now. I'm going to take I'll take, take 11 wins. Now. I'll take 11 wins if the Saints have 12. Yeah,
0: unfortunately, I'm going to take the over, too. I think that they're, God, damn it. they're that 11-win 11, 11 team, man. But like like Josh, you just said, man, if if the Saints just can beat them out, I don't give a shit. If Brady's got to go on the road first first week of the playoffs, let's do it. Yeah, I just wanted to be different.
1: I really – they win more. Since it was
3: a uh, popular subject, does Tom Brady throw for 30 touchdowns? Fuck
0: no. <laughs> yes, no? I think he does. He actually, does not, yeah, I no.
3: think he will.
2: <laughs> no. right,
0: that, who, no. who gets more touches this year? Keyshawn Vaughn or Ronald Jones? Total touches? Yeah. Mm. True.
3: I'm going to go with Rojo on total. More, yeah. more receptions for Vaughn. They're going to be used just like the Patriots running backs were, though. They're both going to get love. Probably be a third guy that gets love. There's Dare,
2: my boy, Dare.
3: Yeah. Well, they're going to be like six running backs deep. Tom requires it. If they go down, you got some random fantasy hero. So.
0: Well, you still got, like Nate said, you still got uh, the dude from Lala, Raymond Calais. That. Right. He he can catch it. He can run it. Uh, I think he's going to be there their return man too. I mean, that, that dude is, he's got some juice. So
3: going to be two really good divisional races as should the other six that we've covered. Obviously this early in the year, the preseason, uh, they're all exciting to some degree. The seventh playoff spot definitely intrigues me as far as that, how that factors in, how many teams make it from each division. Uh, Next up for ball control, we're going to gear up for the college football season. Uh, It's not too early to look at that. Our early predictions, uh, some surprises that we're going to see, some names of guys to be looking looking out for in the 2021 draft. Uh, so next Tuesday, we're going to be looking at the Big 12 to kick that off. Uh, Jake and I are going to dive into more fantasy as we're preparing for the fantasy drafts. Again, at jwalks 11 for him on Twitter, at Coach N Biggs for Nate, at coachjmad for Jason on Twitter. For all of us at ballcontrolnet, thanks for listening in. Ball control out.
0: Man, I know I'm gonna get got.
2: But I'm gonna get mine more than I get
0: got done. Three cash, homie. I'm just about that action,
2: This is Bar Control.